Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. Yeah, that was a crazy one. Just a whirlwind of emotions going back and forth. Uh, just a lot of credit to both teams. Play action for Flacco getting the pass rush, and down he goes. And it's Khalil Mack with the sack. I always say good things happen to good people. Well, he's good people, and good things happen today. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Flacco into the end zone. Sanders is there. Touchdown, Denver. 12. They need the two point conversion and they get it to Emmanuel Sanders. And the Broncos lead it. It's Adam Hogue. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Smack him, yak him. Joey, did you ever hang around the gymnasium? And from the athletic. You're everywhere, baby. Adam Johns. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, yeah. And the kick by Pinheiro is good. He helped us win that game. I mean, shoot, we had a 40 yarder, a 52 yarder, a 53 yarder to win the game. It's good in the back. T-minus five. To infinity and beyond. Touchdown Bears. And boom goes the dynamite. Well, we started the week one postgame episode by saying, wow, wow, wow. So how do we start this This one? was truly unfreaking believable I think this was the craziest game I've covered in my nine seasons on the beat. I, I and yeah. nothing else comes to mind. I mean, we, we've covered head. some crazy games, we have. like whether they've been blowouts one way or the other. There's there've been some bad blowouts, you know, with the Bears on the receiving end. But this, just in terms of like surreal circumstances at the end, the penalties, two point conversions, we're talking about. There's a lot to break down from this one, Adam. How many times has a head coach made a controversial decision to go for two? Gotten it, and then still lost the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's insane on its own. Welcome in. This is the Hogan Johns podcast. Our week two post game episode coming to you from what I guess is now called Empower Field. It's Mile High Stadium, man. Yeah. Well, Empower Field at at Mile High. Mile High. Kind of. I can't even say it right. It's kind of weird to say. Well, you are a mile high. We are a mile high. Um, Eddie Pinero is a mile high right now. Yes. More than that. More than that. Well, the Bears are, yes, they are on their plane home at this point. So <laughs> touche. They're, they're literally, touche. Literally. They're literally. Really touche. High. Literally. Um, other people in Colorado also high, but that's a whole different conversation. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E. And you John. are a pros pro. Go ahead. Finish up. <laughs> at Adam Johns. Uh, that's where you find us on Twitter. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. The crazy reaction to this one is out there as well as on The Athletic. TheAthletic.com. The Athletic app. That's where you should be subscribing because what day? Wednesday we will have our Athletic exclusive episode. So that will be our next follow-up after this one that you're hearing right now. Everything. Might as well get that off the books right now. Everything this week will be shifted back a day because it's a Monday Night Football game next week. So everything is moving back. So Wednesday will be your Athletic episode. Friday will be your Week 3 preview episode. And then we'll be ready for Monday Night Football next week. But we're here to talk about this game today here in Denver. What a crazy 
crazy game. Before we get to Mitch and the offense and all that, just the, the ending of this. I mean, your defense had played so well. I, I don't know how anyone can criticize them, but they end up giving up a touchdown at the end. Um, I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. I mean, just the way it's hot. It was hot here today. It was really hot. And you're in the sun and you're, you got the altitude issues. I'm not making excuses. It's just when your offense isn't helping you, that's yeah. the biggest excuse. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to break down. They couldn't get off the field late. Well, when Khalil Mack decides to pull himself off on a fourth down play yeah. in the red zone within what, the five-yard line, you know he's gassed. Right. That's the best example I can give you. And that's why Matt and I get called a timeout. But, yes, this was – there was a lot of extenuating circumstances physically for some of the Bears players today. Well, underrating coach, coaching nugget there, too, because I was watching Nagy very closely with the binoculars at that point, and Pagano was standing farther down the field calling his defense. And Nagy ran down to him because he noticed that Mack was off the field. And, you know, to his credit – Obviously, he has the power to call timeout whenever he wants, but he you could tell he was asking Pagano. Because, you know, maybe Pagano had a special package or anything that he knew he could call there without Mac to save the timeout. Um, and it was a huge play. Bears get stopped there. The game's over. Yeah. And they couldn't get it. They called timeout. Mac gets back on the field. So it ended up being a moot point. But I just thought that was – I thought Nagy, as a kind of a quick sidebar, handled the final two minutes very, very well. Not challenging that spot right before the two-minute warning, which would have cost And you know he timeout. wanted to. Oh, he, he said he wanted to. He said he wanted to. His gut told him to do it. But everyone else from up here in the press box where we're recording this yeah. podcast, everybody in the silence said, no, don't do it. So trusting your coaching staff. And it all led them having one timeout there at the end, which ended up mattering. We'll get there in a moment. So the defense gives up the touchdown. Vic Fangio opts to go for two. Which is just like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. I think David Hall called him Vegas Vic on Twitter. Vegas Vic, that's good. That's good, I like it, that yeah. Is, that's solid. Uh, and, man, I'm like, delay a game. Yes, that's delay a game penalty, yes, it Which was. Which is crazy to happen. I mean, just the amount of crazy things that happen. Delay a game. So they get pushed back. I can't explain the officiating stuff if you really want me to, but I don't know that it matters. That's why. a whole separate podcast yeah, from I mean, today. Why the why the ball was being put where it was, it's crazy. But basically, after a penalty, you can then opt to kick it, but then they're going to enforce the penalty from the spot that you would have been kicking. So they got moved back. A 33-yard extra point became a 38-yard extra point. And Brandon McManus misses it. Yes, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But Buster screamed. We saw it up in the press box. Yes. We, we all said it where we were sitting. He's offsides. He's yeah. offsides. Not everybody in the crowd saw it, but we saw it. We're unbelievable. Gonna, we're going to play Buster here for you in a second. So you'll hear his explanation. It's actually a decent explanation. It's just, yeah, he was real uh, with it. So well, you'll hear that in a moment. So then they kick or they, you think they're going to kick it again. Because they could have moved the ball back to the 33. Instead, it goes back to where the two-point conversion would have originally been run from. But then moved up from that point halfway to the goal line, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where the yardage comes in. I do agree that it's it's a little weird that it's not enforced from where the... From the decision you made to do the kick. Right or after, yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, if they yeah, had right. opted to go for two after the delay of game, yeah. Vic stuck yeah. with it, then you would have been going for two from the eight-yard line, yeah. right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. So it's a little weird that it doesn't go back to the three 
or whatever. Anyway, anyway, that, that yeah, yes, really there, there's so much more but after that. Yes, it, it, that's also just the rules, and I believe it was executed properly by the officials. But so then they go for two, and they get it. So now a Bears win. That I mean, really, this wasn't a great game. It was pretty. It was quite ugly. It was ugly, yeah. But you're going from the Bears should have won the game because the extra point was missed to now they're going to lose because you had a boneheaded penalty. I mean, this would have been an all-time loss. Yeah. An all-timer. And we've seen a lot of all-timers recently. Yeah. 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 I feel like we've said that a lot in these post-game podcasts. But we did cover John Fox. I just couldn't believe it. It, it, and then they make the play. They, I think they called the exact same play they were trying to run, the Broncos, before they got the delay of the game penalty. Sent their running back out. Empty set. Get Emmanuel Sanders one-on-one. Great wow. throw from Joe Flacco. Emmanuel Sanders is still an unbelievable player. Yes, yes. Great final two minutes. But yeah, at that moment, there was still 31 seconds left in the game after that, though. So, a little background here. Was we find out in the locker room, and Buster Screen was the first one to bring it up, at least to to you know, I was there too. The scrums yes. I was in, and he said it was Saturday, which would have been yesterday. Um, assuming it was said, I guess it doesn't matter what day it was. But anyway, Nagy took what happened at the end of the Saints Texans game last Monday night. Our focus was all on the Broncos Raiders. He takes what happens at the end of that game, which the Saints get the ball back. 37, uh, 37 seconds left from their own 25 and have to get in the field goal range. And Will Lutz makes a 58-yard field goal to win the game. The Bears now only have 31 seconds. So they have six less seconds. And it looked, it looked bad. It ends up being a 4th and 15. Mitch did not look good the whole game. The offense didn't look good the whole game. Before that moment... I know we're going to, but before the final play of the game, I, I want to say his best throw was the third play from scrimmage from the Bears, where he lofted that throw to Tariq Cohen that he could not make the catch on. Yeah. So this is like from the start to the finish that we're talking about. So go on. Which is still a throw that you could argue the great ones put just a little bit more on it, and Tariq Cohen runs under it and has a touchdown. Or Cohen just got to make the catch as yeah. it hits him in the bread basket. Well, but it, great play by no, the defender Justin as well. Justin Simmons knocked it away. I'll give him credit, but uh, whatever. Somehow Allen Robinson gets open. Well, I mean, they they drop back in a prevent, I guess. I yeah. mean, they're trying to keep the middle of the field open because anything in the middle, you're thinking the clock's going to run out. And they just let Allen Robinson get a little too deep. And Mitch scrambles, gets the ball to him. I mean, he made the play. Yeah, yeah. Was never thinking run. Man, Nagy thought he was thinking run for I thought a he was thinking yes, run. He, he I thought he was too. about to scramble. But, but he said over. after the game he was never thinking run. He said he had to buy himself a little bit more time for the play to develop because he knew – then Allen Robinson would be open over the middle. Just had to have a little bit more time. And he was he didn't right. didn't really have time. No, no. He had, what, six seconds to do it? Stepped up, stepped up, double pump. Yeah. Rifled it over the middle. How much time was on the clock when that play started? Nine seconds. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. It's amazing that they got that time. I thought, looking live, because my eyes immediately went to Nagy. And yeah. again, give him credit. He... Talked to the official before the snap. He said, stay with me because I'm obviously going to be calling timeout here. And was right there with them. And this, he was calling timeout before Robinson was really even down. And the second he went down, the official 
got it. And I do think, and I haven't really reviewed the the replays. We haven't really had a chance here. We're still at the the stadium, but I did think that he was down, and the timeout had been called with one second. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of Broncos fans. The Bears' sideline thought for sure. The Broncos' sideline thought they won. Right. But the Bears' sideline was was ready. I mean, they they're kicked their whole all their specialists who were coming out. So they were confident that the 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 timeout was in. And if you're Chris Harris Jr., if you don't touch him right away, I think if you give yourself up though. Well, that's the rule. Yes. But it kind of takes a second as an official to kind of process that. And kind of announce that the guy is giving himself up. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not always obvious because sometimes guys catch the ball and they get up. You know. Yeah. Um. So I, my point is just like Chris Harris, the 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 smart play there. Whether you get the whistle blown or not, when the guy gives himself up, there's no point in touching. Yeah. Him, don't really, touch him. Yeah. Unless he starts to try to get up. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's a lot to process. How about the there. wherewithal? Because I mean, Allen Robinson can't see. The clock. He's running his route over the middle. I, I mean, who knows? Didn't say it afterwards in, in the press conference or the the scrum that we had with him in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But to to trust that there was time left to get down instead of ext- extending the play to try to make this you know a touchdown for for the win. But I mean, that's, there's trust right there. Only there's trust in your quarterback to make that throw and trust for Robinson to having belief in the process of what was happening. And the, and the player said, look. As soon as they gave up that two-point conversion, Nagy was going up and down the sideline to everybody on offense and apparently on defense because Screen heard it. And Screen's just, you know, down on himself down on yeah. himself because he blew the game. And and he said, man, Nagy lifted us up. He lifted us up and gave us belief that, I mean, that to me, and, and I heard it on our WGM Post game show. A lot of people are upset with Nagy's play calling. I don't really get that today. Maybe we'll have that discussion a little bit later. But I just thought he, for having such a bad week one, and he had a bad week one, I thought he had a great week two. And you want to separate the the play calling. I'm just talking about as a head coach. To come up with that clip to show the guys and then, sure, of course, you need to have the game play out the way it did for it to matter. But it's preparation. But it, that is the in-depth preparation that he gets these guys ready for. And so, as soon as the just devastating... I don't know what you're thinking. In my mind, the game's over. I mean, they lost the game. And they just blew it. That's not the mindset down there on the field. And all they all they needed was one, one second and a timeout. And they got it. And... We have one second in the ball, I think, was the mantra. Yes. Right? One, one second, second in the ball. And the kicker made the kick. Eddie How about that? The Bears have a kicker. Eddie De Niro. Bob Dabrowski. All right, I gave uh, Jeff Joniak some crap, though, downstairs. He used De Niro. Yes. In his game-winning call. Oh. So we got copyright infringement Yes, here. yes, yes. Now, it wasn't... We need to do an investigation here because... It wasn't Bob Dabrowski. No, it was his buddy. But the buddy credited Bob Dabrowski, I thought. Okay. For calling him Eddie De Niro. So I think this might be a Bob Dabrowski original. Okay. Now, you also That may be the this. best thing he's ever provided this world. Well, that's <laughs> most likely accurate. <laughs> yes. um, unless he has many Bob Dabrowskis in his life. <laughs> Offspring, <laughs> yes, yes, because that that would be pretty good. Um, 
You also used Eddie Dinero on Twitter twice tonight and did not provide proper citation and credit. Well, I hope people listen to the podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I, just to be clear, I'm just giving you crap yes, and yes. Jeff Joniak crap too because apparently he doesn't listen to our podcast. Did not know that. Yeah, and he probably saw my. Tweet, it was though. a great call. Yes, it was a good call. I sat because I, I was listening to the broadcast in my you know headphones. And I refused to get up. That's always on like a twenty thirty second delay because um, it's streaming, and I would not get up until I heard Joniak's call. It was a great call. He's and, a pro, and he used Denaro. So. You asked the question to Pinero himself. Do the Bears have a kicker? I would think emphatically yes right now. <laughs> he just said, I think so, though. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, with, with a good smile. Yeah. But I tell you what, like, to hear him explain how many times, I think he said Augusta Silence three or four times. The He said all that crap I went through. And that also references other things in his past. Yeah. Um, but the the nine kicker competition, nine Man, kicker competition they had this this off. I, I call it the off storied, off ridiculed kicking competition. Yeah, may have actually found themselves something here for the Bears. Yeah, well, it was a tough day for that Sports Illustrated story. <laughs> yes, yes. What's Justin you doing these days? <laughs> yeah, uh, but man, my mind keeps going back to. What if that kick did not go in? Because not only is it... I mean, you talk about crisis and carnival. Yeah. Which you referenced after week one. John Fox's old saying. I mean, it would have been a huge crisis. Yes. And you would have had... I think it would go... It would have started to at least infringe on doubt within that own, yeah, own yeah. locker room. Because whenever you have a situation where you have a defense this good and an offense struggling this much... If the wins don't happen at least, you know, every other week, let's say, you, you, it's only natural to get finger pointing. Yeah. Yeah. And frustration to build. But you know what? It did go through. The quarterback did make a big throw in the final nine seconds. There are some very, very familiar feelings from the first few games of last year that are taking hold this year. Right, the offense got off to a slow start last year. Trubisky looked lost at this point last year. You're seeing some of that again. Yeah, you are. By week four, things seem to unfold better for Trubisky. Uh, you saw a better running game today. Was it great? No, but it was better. I'm sure the stats look better because Patterson broke one, but there's still some positives to take away from this game. I mean, you could even rip the defense for playing soft and coverage late in the game right. as well. But there, there's a lot of things that you can overanalyze at this point. But by the end of it, your quarterback made a throw, and your kicker made a kick, and the Bears won. And saved Buster Screen's ass. Let's go that with that right now. Here's Buster Screen in the locker room. I thought he was fantastic after the game. Here he is. Oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about a lot of the good things you did on defense today, but uh, what happened there on that offsides? Um, snapper hit a vet move on me. They said set, and he twisted the ball. I was trying to make a play, you know what I'm saying? Block that, we win the game. But uh, thank God for Eddie, my guardian angel. So what was going through your head in that like two-minute stretch there between when that happened and when Eddie makes the field goal? Well, Nagy, he's like a guy himself. 
we watched the Saints game on Saturday, on how they did the same thing. And he said it on the sideline. He said, hey, the Saints did it. We can do it, too. That's exactly what happened. How much of the Saints game did you guys watch? Oh, we just, we just watched that last drive as a team. What did that do for you guys, collectively, just having that? I mean, it, it gives you, you know, hope that, like, it can be done. We got a timeout. They had a timeout. I mean, what was it, fourth down when we completed that? Like, I mean, as long as you got the ball in one second, like Coach says, you can win. Do you have gifts planned for Eddie and everybody else who bailed you out there? <laughs> Man, I'm about to post him on my Instagram, get him a dinner, everything. <laughs> Were you feeling like you had blown it, like you would cost him the I did. I felt I was about to come in here and say I lost the game. But, uh, I mean, it's a team game at the end of the day, and Eddie did a great job. Offense, Eddie, everybody. What compares to this in terms of the wildness of the last two minutes that you guys experienced? Never been in a game like that. Never. One second ago, and somebody kicks a 53-yard field goal. So, uh, I mean, I applied the whole organization as a whole just to have everybody on the sideline believing we could still win. Seemed like you, he had you blitzing there like three plays in a row at one point, a lot there at the end of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. That had been fun for you. Yeah, um, I blitzed a lot with the Jets, and uh, it was it's a package. I mean, he called it at the right time today, and it worked. How about just as a whole, the, the job this defense did throughout the game battling? Because it was hot, offense wasn't moving the ball a whole lot. You guys kept coming up with big plays. I mean, defense, we held them to what, 14 points today? Did a good job. I mean, solid job, second week, and we're going to build off of it. Yeah, uh, zero. We worked that in practice, and uh, we went in and out. He took my man, I took his, because we thought it was going to be a pick route, and that's what it was. Big play. What, what did you say to him after that? Good play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear it in there, but as. I was kind of just like the the first person in the pack that was walking up to him to talk to him, and he just turned around. And he was like, "Oh man, we got to talk about how I almost lost the game." See, that's great. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Like, like he's like I said, he's being a realist with with yeah. everything. He knows why we're coming to talk to him. We know how he, how close he was to becoming the. The, the bad goat in this it, it wasn't it wasn't a good offsides penalty whatsoever but I like that he like had a real excuse like man the guy tricked me the snapper tricked me played a good trick now here's what's interesting was, and this was our our guy Kevin Fishbane yeah who was incredibly upset that number 27 Sheriff McManus did not play yes was a healthy scratch day. at least we assume he's healthy healthy scratch did you see him a lot I didn't see him no maybe something's up We'll have to do more digging on that before I make any conclusions. But um, Kevin pointed out in the moment that Buster Screen was where Sherrick McManus usually would be. And you don't really see Sherrick McManus getting called off sides. No. And he's always close to blocking them. Yes, he is. Like. So that's significant. Um, I wonder if something's going on because... That was really odd to me that Sherrick was inactive. Especially when you realize, like, in the moment where Prince got briefly banged up or had a cramp, I'm not really sure. Um, Looked like he got the wind knocked out of him. They only had one corner available to come in, Duke Shelley. And part of Sherrick's value is if there's ever an emergency situation in either safety or corner, he can play anything out there. So... Yeah, very odd he was inactive, and that was where Buster Screen was, and he gets called offside. So, anyway, I thought Screen handled it well. Of course, it's easier to handle that situation when you win, 
yeah as opposed to losing but wanted to bring that audio to you as well and then before we get into this offensive conversation um because i do want to discuss Nagy and the overall game plan today and some of the results we have to play eddie pinero yep eddie uh, dinero he was understandably jacked up but some of the stuff you're talking about too like there was a sense of relief validation yeah i'd say yep and uh, anyway, here he is. Here's Eddie Pinheiro after the game. Can you just take us through the, the final kick? Um, the operation, how it felt when you swung, and then your emotion when you saw it was headed the way. Well, um, I was just hitting some kicks into the net. Coach Tabor was just telling me, hey, get an easy swing in, this and that. I go, Coach, I got you. This one's for you, this and that. And just went out there and just... Hit my kick, you know. So. Eddie, how do you describe the adrenaline rush of the last forty-five minutes and everything you've experienced? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I could say is, I mean, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because He's real, and that's like the biggest on, on that. That's the biggest thing I can say. He's real. So. Well, why did you say Tabor? This is for you. Oh, from from all the things he's been through and the coaching staff's been through and the whole kicking situation and it was it was pretty cool. So. I mean, it means everything. I mean, I've been working my butt off. All the stuff that I've been through, the Augusta silence, the kickers getting cut left and right, and all the crazy things going on. It was uh, it was a pretty cool moment to uh, to have this opportunity and scales freaking snapping on point, pats holds on point. I mean, the whole operation was clean. So, did you guys say anything to each other as you came out there for the last day? Like running onto the kick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember talking to Pat and Pat's like, I mean, we always visualize, all right, Eddie, you know, where are you going to play this? So I'm going to play it a little bit right because the wind's going a little left. And we do it like a little game plan, and then we try to execute it. So. How do you think everything you went through, you know, including the Augusta Silence, because it's going to be... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it, yeah, I think it's prepared me. I mean, like I said, all the crap that I've been through and <laughs> all the stuff for the whole kicking situation and what happened last year and stuff. But I mean, yeah. So. And, and what do you do to calm your nerves or calm yourself and, and make sure you're staying? Good question. I mean, like I, you know, running out to that kick, just doing some drive swings and hitting some balls into the net, and then setting a prayer, and then just leaving it in his hands. And if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. So. How confident did you feel from that distance today? Oh yeah. Yeah, I felt confident. Um, it was. Yeah, I felt pretty confident. As the game was. Consuming as it was going on, developing. How much do you find yourself kind of hoping that yeah. it would go the way it did? That's yeah. Set up for you. Yeah. I was talking to Pat Masala. I'm like, man, I hope I get this shot. Like, I've been practicing, you know, my whole life for this and all the stuff that I've been through. Like, I was praying, God, give me this shot. Give me this shot to win the game. And thank God it happened. So. Hey, you hit some big kicks in, in Florida and the yeah. spot in front of 100,000. Yeah. How does this one feel different? Uh, I mean, it felt it felt different as far as like just the emotion. The emotions more and more. This was an emotional kick. Um, just like I said, from all the stuff that I've been through and the whole kicking situation, the Augusta silence, and do we have a kicker? Do we not have a kicker? And the media and everybody just piling in, and it was just it was an amazing moment. So, so, so the Bears have a kicker? I think they do. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> literally saved the team from what would have been a horrible deflating moment. What was the reaction from your team? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I was the main guy that saved the team. I mean, Trubisky threw a pass. We were able to get in field goal range. He helped out the defense. And, I mean, it's it's all a collective you know, unit. It wasn't just that kick. A lot of stuff led up to that kick. So. Eddie, do you think you were essentially recruited into a situation that had nothing to do with you, but then had everything to do with you? <laughs> what would it take for you to embrace that? Yeah, like I said before, like I felt like I was in Florida. You know, in Florida they had the worst kicker in Division One, and I came in with all this pressure and the fans and the media. The same exact thing: is this kid going to come through for us? This and that came through for them, and hopefully now I can keep coming through for Chicago. So this is not the first time I've been in a situation like this. Well, we, 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 we watch you obviously during the Augusta South, not say a word. Yeah. They all mobbed you from the middle of the field all the way to the locker room. What did that feel like for you? felt great. Um, I mean, the first thing that just came to my mind was just thanking God and just, yeah, I mean, it was an emotional kick. My teammates, everybody just, for them, you know, for Chicago, I mean, they deserve it, so. Eddie, did you think the clock ran out? Do I think the clock ran out? Did you, were you sure when, when, when Matt said he got the timeout and the scoreboard said 0-0? Zero, zero. Yeah. What's going through your head? Is trying to figure it out? I didn't even think about that. I was just so concentrated on just trying to make the kick and getting some kicks into the net and stuff like that. And when they said, when I heard the ref say they put one second back on the clock or whatever, I go, okay, now I got a shot. So. Do you remember anything anyone said to you in that mob, or was it all just kind of a blur? No, that was everybody was just screaming and <laughs> slapping me and screaming, and <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> and, and what was you fucked up like? Club dub was fun. I put my hat on, my cowboy hat, and we danced a little bit. And hopefully, there's more. <laughs> so, as you talk a lot about your confidence, yeah. Chris and Matt say you're a confident kicker. What's the difference between being confident you know, going into a kick like that, yeah. then coming out of a day like today where you get two from beyond 50, once the game winner, and um, have that moment, have that? Yeah, I mean, I said like, the biggest thing is just the practice. You know, in practice, just trying to be as perfect as you can. It starts in practice and then it carries on to the game. You know, I had a really good practice this week and I had a really confident feeling that I was going to have a good game. So I think it just all starts in practice and hitting some good balls in practice and that translating into the game. So. You guys talked to you guys about the New Orleans game from earlier. Oh, yeah. I was hoping I was I was Will Lutz in that situation. <laughs> I was hoping I was the kicker in that situation because this is what you practice, this is what you play for, and this is what you work your butt off for. And to be in that situation, to have that opportunity, I was praying for it on the sidelines. So, <laughs> appreciate you guys. My favorite part of his whole news conference there is just how he volunteered that he he wanted that moment. Yes. He told Paddle down on the sideline. He was praying for it, praying for that opportunity. It just reminds me of all the things that Nagy was saying of how he wants a kicker to crave the pressure, crave the moment. And he has him right now. There is a different demeanor just in terms of covering a guy early on and the, the initial vibe you get from people. You know, first impressions, I should say. Yes. He is a different human being than Cody Parkey. Mentally made up differently than a Cody Parkey is. Yeah, and I don't want to get too critical here, but, like, I just can't picture Eddie Pinheiro, you know, if it's kicking not gone in, I just can't picture him after the game staying in his locker saying, oh, it doesn't matter, my dog doesn't know that I missed a kick and he's yeah. still going to love me when I get home. Yeah, no, no. I, you know, I, that's just kind of like... And, and and honestly... When, I think Pinheiro would have been pissed. Right, and, and when Cody Parkey said that... I do have some level of appreciation for that kind of perspective, that it's not life or death. But there's a difference between thinking that 
and one saying it because it doesn't sound good. Yeah. But two, you almost don't want him thinking that in the immediate aftermath of a game. Yeah. yeah. Because you want a guy who has that edge that's just going to be pissed. Yeah. If he blows yeah. it. Yeah. And and have the confidence that. Not only do I have to make this kick, but I want the kick. Yeah. It's like any any sport. You want the guys who want the ball. Yeah. If you want the ball in a big moment in a basketball game, you want to take that shot. Yes. Those are the guys you want to have on your team. And I, I also, as he was saying that, was you know standing there in that room going, man, that's, yeah. that's the guy you want. I think players picked up on this pretty early, too. Yeah. Just the way he carries himself. There's a little nastiness there. He might be a bit of a goofball. But there's an edge there. The swagger. How many players have you heard him use that description about him? The swag, the swagger yeah. he carries. That goes back to when he was signed or, or acquired from the Raiders. That dates back a long way. They they saw it right away. And um, it leads us to our the biggest question of the podcast, which is when am I going to get my Portillos? Uh, Wednesday. Okay. Confirm. Yeah. Thursday. So are we going to do locker room? Portillo's podcast? That's okay. How about we do a podcast with Portillo's in our hand? Wow, that'd be big. Yes, I saw you struggling with that hot dog <laughs> Well, at, at your Northwestern pregame. I mean, I didn't know the paparazzi was after me five minutes before we're starting the show, and I'm trying to snarf down some, no, of, some of kernel mustard. Of all the foods to eat, hot dogs probably one of the most awkward right. to eat sometimes, especially if they got a lot of toppings on it. So yeah. I get you, but... Good, good picture. Yeah. At, well, at. <laughs> at the Carm decides to do a pre-show video right in the moment. I'm taking a big bite, so you know, whatever. I didn't, I didn't handle the situation uh, perfectly, but uh, we got it, we got it down. All right, we're twenty some. Well, we're we're uh, well into this podcast yes. right now, and it's all. You know, crisis and carnival again. I mean, most of this has been You're giving John Fox too much credit here. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> I am. It is a great quote. John Fox would have definitely challenged that spot though, right before. Yeah, the and morning. somehow he would have given the Broncos a touchdown, and then he wouldn't yeah. have had the timeout there at the end. Yes, um, but it, it, I, what I'm getting at is most of this has been a positive spin on what was so damn close of being not just another loss, but a season that could have been spiraling out of control. And it leads us to what is still a big concern going forward here. This offense it has been bad. Yeah. It, no it has been bad. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I'm, I'm starting to... I'm, I think I'm going to write about this for, for Tuesday. There are some similarities emerging as compared to, to last year, just in terms of the slow start, Trubisky's ineffectiveness. I know he had that great opening drive against the Packers in week one of last year, but this it's starting to feel similar in a lot of ways. But Especially, isn't that concerning? Yes. It's, no, yeah. it's fine. It's a year later. Yes. It, no, it's completely it's, fine. Even though it improved at times last year, it was still a roller coaster. He still had a terrible performance against the Rams, and they only scored one touchdown in the playoff game. Yeah. No, it's it's a completely fair. It's completely fair, but it's just another reason not to panic. And, and they know they got to get this right. I like Nagy saying today, we don't have an identity. Yeah. They don't. At least he's they don't. admitting it. Yes. Yeah. What, what I liked what Nagy did today is here's this guy who wants to throw the ball around, who wants to be aggressive, who wants to take shots, but he willingly called a game that was tight. He relied on his running game. David Montgomery, 
Cordell Patterson broke the long one, but he leaned on those guys to make the plays. And then around the Taylor Gabriel, yeah. that became the Bears' offense. And I think that's that might be progress. You mentioned Nagy just in terms of, of the way he called this game, especially towards the end. To me, sometimes that's progress for a coach who wants to be overly aggressive. I'm not giving him credit because there's still a lot of room to, to improve upon. Don't get me wrong. But for a coach who wants to sling it around, this was meaningful. That's a better word, meaningful to me. Yeah, I was a little surprised that some were on Nagy today for the play calling. I I mean, I really wonder if they'd come out in the second half and thrown the ball as much as Nagy probably wanted to if they probably would have lost the game. I mean, yeah. they, they almost did lose the game anyway, but you, really what the game plan clearly was was we have to establish the run. Mm-hmm. And what I loved is they didn't really establish the run. But he stayed committed to it because he knew in this type of game you can wear down the defense with those body blows. And he referenced the body blows too. Yeah. And I'll give a shout-out to Olin Krutz because um, at one point early on in the game, I tweeted out the the run-pass differential, which was you know strong to the run, and also pointed out they weren't really picking up much yardage yet. I think it was three yards per yeah. carry. And he said... He just retweeted and said body blows. And yeah. I think that ended up mattering because it was it, in the second half, they were able to break some some runs and move the ball just enough. But part of this, too, is like you, you this was a game where you couldn't commit the big turnover. You could not have an interception. Yeah. And so that sucks that you're kind of... Can I just go back yeah. to like yeah, two of the biggest storylines heading into this game? Vic Fangio has a read on Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy's offense. That's a big benefit yeah. for his defense. Nobody wins in September in Denver. Yeah. Some crazy stat that goes back to, you know, 1852 or something like that, <laughs> and I'm exaggerating, but like nobody wins here in, De- in Denver. The, we talked about the heat before the game. So these were storylines going into the game. So yeah. you could rip Nagy all you want. That's fine. But these were still the circumstances going into this game. This could be a very place, tough place to, to, to win. This was their home opener. Joe Flacco wasn't half bad. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't. And you know what? Did you hear much of Von Miller today? No. Bradley Chubb, I mean, before he had a sack, I think, early in the game, he, or an impact play early in the game, and then he had the roughing the passer penalty. Yeah. They controlled him pretty well, too. No, no sacks today Yeah, for the offensive yeah. line. So, again. And they gave up, what was it, five last week against the Packers? Yeah, five sacks against the Packers last week, none today against two really good pass rushers. So, so. don't you think Fangio, again, go back to that storyline, he probably sat on some routes that Trubisky wanted to, to throw. His comfort, his bread and butter place. Yeah. He probably took a few things away. I know he shadowed Robinson with Chris Harris Jr. Right, and, and one of the things I'm going to watch on the tape is is kind of that because I wasn't surprised. when I saw, As soon as I saw Chris Harris shadowing Robinson, it didn't surprise me that Robinson had a quiet day until that catch at the end. But... I was questioning throughout the game. I even have it written here in my notebook. Why is no one open versus <laughs> yeah. versus the yeah. suspect yeah. Denver secondary? Yeah. Bryce Callahan yeah. didn't play. This Isaac Iadam guy was awful against the Raiders. Yeah, it, I could not, and I'm going to have to go back and watch the tape to figure it out. But it was it was I could not understand why nobody was getting separation yeah. when they did try to throw the ball. There weren't really guys open today. Yeah, so. But look, hey, zoom in. Lots of things to criticize with the offense. Zoom out, and you brought up a great point there. All those things. You don't win in Denver. 
in September, whatever it is. It is a good defense. It's No matter what week it is, it's hard to win in the NFL. This team was so close to being 0-2. They found a way yeah, to win. You don't think the Broncos were motivated to get this one for Vic Fangio? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they were. Just saying. Yeah. No, yeah. And so it's it's one week. I mean, this is a really week-to-week league. Yes. And, and thing, But you got to find a way to get W. The Bears did that. So am I concerned about the offense in the big picture? Yes. But this is a hell of a lot better situation for them to be in than 0-2 and, and another long week because you got an extra day before the Monday nighter. Yeah. Everybody's doubting you. I think they've already opened up as favorites against the, the Redskins already. So, Yeah. All right. We should get out of here. Any final thoughts? Just appreciate the win. I know it's easy to, yeah. to overreact to, to what Trubisky is doing. I know he needs to be better, but Nagy called a game that he had to call on the road against Vic Fangio's pretty hungry defense. You find a way to win. Yes. By the way, yes. the Packers are 2-0. Hey. and oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur apparently were fighting today. Yes. 2-0. and oh. Hey, the Bears have a kicker, everybody. That's a, that's a big development. He looks pretty good, I gotta say. Yeah. He looks pretty good. Alright, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H, and has plenty of coverage there. Plenty of coverage on WGNRadio.com slash Bears, The Athletic, TheAthletic.com, and The Athletic app. Find all of the coverage from Adam Johns and Kevin Fishbane from here in Denver. And make sure you're listening and subscribing. Our podcast, again, will be Wednesday. Apparently, it's going to have a Portillo spin. So don't listen to the podcast hungry. No. You going to struggle with that hot dog? Uh, no, no. I'm going to handle it like a pro. There you go. Jesus. Let's get out of here. Please rate and subscribe. And what do we, what do we normally say? Rate and review the podcast? Just do it already. Or Adam Hogue will come looking for you. That's right. I will come looking for you. Bears win somehow. And they have a kicker. Talk to you on Wednesday. See ya. See ya.